world's on fire, our culture is disintegrating. Hey, pass the salt. It's time. It's time. Hey, you, pass the salt. You know what, why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. Hey, pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It's time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, we have passed the salt. Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass But we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed in this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. I gotta ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. Uh, hey, Spencer, if you could real quick, man, pull up that thing that says redacted. I, man, I'm, I'm worn out. I spent all weekend doing my taxes, and there, there's my tax form that I just sent into the IRS. Uh, I, fi- I filled it out for them really, really well, and then I, I don't think it's any of their business. So I'm redacting it, and you guys might want to con- consider that, too. It would be a good way to be able to push back. We had a great weekend down in Kentucky. Thanks to Bobby Lee and Linda, and OJ, and Dorita, and I know I'm going to forget others who were there, help help uh, make it come off, and um, I'm going to talk a little bit about some of the, I don't even want to use the word revelation, but some of the some of the things I noticed this weekend as, as we get rolling on. First, I want to mention the fact that Mike Blake's father did, in fact, pass away uh, last evening. Some of you know Mike, some of you don't know Mike. Mike's, Mike is a, what a faithful guy Mike is. And it's sad because his dad, um, his dad was, dad was a healthy guy, man. And uh, Felton broke his hip. They put him in the hospital. And what do you know happens when he goes into the hospital, right? And so, uh, you know, I, Mike comes from a very large family. I think there's 11 of them, although I could be wrong. And like six or seven of them are adopted. So uh, Mike's, Mike's dad uh, ran the race, ran it well. And I don't care who you are. You only get one daddy. You only get one mommy. So uh, we agree, we agree with Mike this morning. I know Mike's glad that his dad's not certainly not suffering like he you know sort of was there at the end. And uh, so keep keep Mike in your prayer. I'll get you some more details as as that unfolds. Coach Norm's doing better. I spoke to him yesterday. He had he had his second knee done you know last week, and he's still in a lot of pain, man. Still in a lot of pain. Uh, so keep Coach Norm, and now I'm forgetting some other people. We probably. Have. Ought to be praying for a lot of a lot of good stuff. Uh, Wisconsin event. I spoke about that. Uh, Bobby again just did a wonderful job. Uh, unbelievable. My wife left her suitcase down there. Left her suitcase in Louisville, Kentucky. And uh, praise the Lord. Bobby was still hanging out there yesterday, and Bobby was able to swing by the hotel and pick it up for her. Michelle's got all of her all the stuff in it. It makes her look pretty. He's all inside that that suitcase. So she thought maybe she was going to have to be a hermit going hiding here for a couple of weeks. Just, she got every, got everything. Back. Just kidding. Michelle. Just kidding. Michelle. Just kidding. Just, I almost, they want to start a fight here on Monday morning. That's for sure. Myra, go ahead and pray us in here real quickly, dear. As coach, I'll be delighted to do so. It is written Romans 8, 1 through 4. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ. Amen. Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Amen. For the love, for the love of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in 
that it was weak through the flesh God sent in his son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. Holy Spirit, you're welcome to coach Dave Haddle and we open our hearts to you. I release anointing that breaks the power of evil. In Jesus' name, amen. The law of the spirit of life. There's a law. That's a law. Did you know that, folks? Did you know that there's a law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus that makes us free from the law of sin and death? Did you know there was a law of sin and death? The Bible says the soul that sins, it shall die. That is a law. That is as much a law as the sun coming up in the morning. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Not the law of the spirit of life. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death. What's the law of sin and death? The soul that sins, it shall die. But the law of the spirit of life supersedes that law of sin and death. Do you get it? As David, as David uh, Paxton would say, it's a new contract. It's a new contract. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus breaks, supersedes that old contract you signed with sin and death when you were trapped in sin. And you broke, that, that thing is null and void. You've removed your signature off of it. By the way, uh, David Paxton is going to be with me on my Brideon show today because the last time I had him on, you couldn't hear him. <laughs> And I think what he has to say is so important and so valuable that we're going to do it again. And I would suggest all of you uh, tune in. I got to get him on this show to talk about contracts because they really, really do matter. Now, I got I made myself a couple of notes. I want to do a little bit of a monologue as I, as I jump off here. There it is. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. That's a law. It's like a law of gravity. It's the law of sowing and reaping. That's why Ted, about, not Ted. Uh, Pastor Mosley, we got to get him back on the show. And he would talk to us about these laws because he, he has a show on Bridie on TV and he wrote a book about the laws of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, right? For what the law could not do and that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. There he was, paid that price that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled. Jesus didn't, Jesus, the soul that sins, it shall die. So if you sin, the law says, Somebody, somebody, somebody's got to die. If you sin, the wages of sin is death. Somebody's got to, somebody's got to pay that wage. So Jesus Christ didn't just cancel the debt; he paid the debt. You understand that? He he paid a price he didn't have to pay. Jesus Christ was the perfect human; had never sinned, never sinned. Because if Christ had sinned, He would have had to die for his own sin, right? Because why? Because the soul that sins, it shall die. The law of sin and death. So it wasn't that Jesus just canceled death. He paid the bill. Paid in full tell tell, tell us, right? Is that what it is? To tell a star, I think it is. Paid in full. The law of the spirit of life, paid in full by Jesus, has made me free from that debt of sin and death. Wow. What a powerful, powerful concept if we could ever get a hold of that in, inside, of our, inside of our hearts. Um, listen, I thought about this this weekend again. 
couple things. Let me just give just give me a couple minutes here. We had a we had a crowd of about I don't never really counted, but we might have had 30, 25 or thirty people who came to our event down in, in Kentucky. And Bobby did a lot of great work, and the fellowship is always so so good. That <clears throat> I can't encourage you guys enough. Wherever you are, if you are not working on a network of believers where you live, you're number one, you're missing it. And number two, you're going to need it. You're going to need it. One of the things I think Bobby struggles with down in, in uh, Kentucky is he doesn't live there. His roots are there, but Bobby lives in Pennsylvania. He's doing the best he can to try to keep the Kentucky Salt and Light Brigade going. And, his, man, we got some good, faithful folks, and it's good. But, folks, we got to be expanding our numbers. We, we have to be expanding our numbers because we have to ask ourselves, if, if things are going to change in, in this thing we call America, if things are going to change in this world, who's going, who's going to do it? Republicans? You, re, you really think Republicans are going to change it? You believe elected officials are going to bring about change? Tell me you're not that dumb. Please tell me. I said, I'm not that dumb, Coach. I understand that that's a two-card Monty. I understand that they're both playing for the same team. I understand that now. It's a yin and a yang. That's what's going on there, Coach. And maybe some good men go to Washington, D.C., but then they get compromised and get compromised very, very quickly. And we see it happening locally. Because why? There is literally, are you hearing me now? There is literally no accountability. There is no accountability for elected officials. None. The only accountability you find in elected officials is the other team tries to hold them accountable. But there's nobody that holds the general process in accountability. If things are going to change, who's going to do it? How's that going to happen? And I I came away from uh, uh, Kentucky, couldn't get it out of my, couldn't find it. Came away from Kentucky more convinced than ever that it's going to be small, small local groups. And I was amazed, Jill, you say, who? Jill. Jill. Jill flew in all the way from, I said, where are you, where are you from, Jill? She flew in by herself. She said, I'm from uh, uh, Midcoast, California. So what? You flew in here from Midcoast, California? What? Friends, are you, are you looking at me? We have a, I'm not talking about you, Jill. I'm talking about in general. But we have a lot of broken Christians. We have a lot of broken Christians. Hey, Silver, we got a lot of broken Christians, brother. And yesterday at our, our Sunday morning kind of get-together, no preaching, none of that kind of stuff. We just kind of, I, I picked up a new prayer partner. I'm praying every day for OJ. And OJ's praying every day for me. And we went across that room that was that was in that room. I said, who's going to pray for John Brockoff? And I can't remember who it was for sure. I said, I'm going to. Who's going to play for, who's going to pray for Clay? Who's going to pray for Clay Parker? Who is it? Clay, who's praying for you this way? Who are you praying for, Clay? James Pollock. You're praying for Jim, for James? Yep, that's right. And James is praying for you every day. Is that right? He's taking you to the throne room. We made sure that when we left there, when we left there yesterday, that everybody was partnered up and praying for somebody else. Because I learned a long time ago that you have intimacy with whom you pray for whom you pray, and to whom you pray. It's a three-chord three, uh, bond, right? And uh, again, God has a lot of hurting Christians. You know, what's really, you know what's really hurting Christians? Family. Family. Raise your hand if you got a screwed up family. Um, go ahead, yeah. 
got a screwed up family. But most of the problems that you have going on in your life are probably problems that are occurring with your family, your husband, your wife, your children, your grandchildren, your cousins, whatever, right? And the Bible tells us not to be ashamed or surprised by that because your enemies will be those of your own household. But the truth of the matter is we are at war with our families. Now, let me give you another one, too. I saw it again this weekend. And for the most part, for the most part. Did you everybody hear that out there? For the most part, the local church is irrelevant. It's irrelevant. Amen. And people go to local churches and they go to, it could be 5,000 there, it could be 50 there. But for the most part, you really don't know the people that you go to church with. Not intimately, you don't, you don't know them. You really don't know the burdens that they're bearing. You see them at church, you give them a hug, love you, brother, pray for you, brother, and then you don't, then you don't even do that. You're not, intimately, uh, you're not intimately involved in that other person's life. You're not. And O.J. and Dorita, I'm not talking out of school. They're not going to care. O.J. said yesterday that, the, or maybe it was Dorita, it doesn't matter, that uh, they have a new great-grandchild coming. And, of course, just like ours little grandson, De- Declan, they got a prognosis that's uh, not good. I said, Dad, gonna man, whose report are you gonna believe? Whose report are you gonna believe? That child is fearfully and wonderfully made. And who's gonna continue to lift up OJ and uh, Dorita, their family, to the throne room? So I said, I'm gonna lift up OJ, and OJ is gonna lift up me, and Michelle's gonna lift up Dorita, and Dorita's gonna lift up Michelle. I said, man, we're gonna bear one another's burdens. The church doesn't do that. That's what is so magical. That's not even the right word. That's what's so great about this. I mean, we had good speakers. They all, they all did a good job of speaking. But that meeting wasn't about speaking. wasn't about speaking. There was a cry for help, folks. There's a cry for help. And people don't know where to turn. And they're trying to bear their own burden. They can't bear their own burdens and the burdens of their children and the burdens of, I mean, we just get overloaded. And it's so easy for us to talk about, well, Jesus will be there. Jesus will carry you through, brother. Yeah, I could. Praise the Lord, he does. But that doesn't, that doesn't, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, that doesn't lessen the sting or lessen the fact that you can't sleep at night. Or you can't, right? It just doesn't. And, I, you know, I'm, I look down here, there's 122 in the, in the queue today. Who knows how many people are listening? Are we bearing one another's burdens? Hmm? I heard from Serge yesterday where he texted a lot of us. I know Serge and Mike Blake have become great buddies. Great bunnies, and uh, it's been it's been a healthy thing. So I want to encourage you out there. <clears throat> uh, you need to reach out, or as we talked about last week, you need to draft some people into this into this. Uh, what do we call this thing? Whatever we are, you need to draft some others in here, because I'm telling you, there's a lot of people. Boy, a lot of people getting road bumps out there, going over uh, those speed bumps in the road. Their lives are nothing but speed bumps. And they go to churches and it doesn't fulfill and they go to another church and that doesn't do it. And they go to another church and that doesn't do it. In fact, a lot of the wounding comes from churches and most of our relationships are so superficial. Am I hitting anything this morning? Anybody, anybody picking up what I'm, what I'm saying here? To me, to me, that's the most important thing of all of what we have going on in here, that we bear one another's burdens. And that's why it's important to have these huddles, not so we can go protest, although we can out of that. But we have to stop forsaking. We have to cannot forsake the assembling ourselves together even more as we see that day approaching. 
And you've got to find that fellowship. You've got to find that wherever it is. You just got to find it, friends. And, uh, you know, I know times are tough and uh, uh, the gasoline price. I, I get it. I live it too. $850, I said the other day, is what the average American is now paying for the same thing they paid for two years ago. $850 a month more. You didn't get an $850 raise. So I know, I know that things, I know things are tight. I understand it. And I saw today that uh, something like 12 million Americans, 12 million Americans are more than two months behind on their electric bill. 12 million Americans. So what's coming? Shut off electric, right? Shut off power. Do we see where this whole thing, where this whole thing is heading? And so we have to begin to prepare to bear one another's burdens. And uh, Chad Estes said, uh, Coach, really what we are is we're the Lonely Hearts Club band. We really are, aren't we? Uh, we're not Sergeant Pepper, but we're a Lonely Hearts Club band for sure. And uh, the Lord doesn't want us to be like that. So I want to encourage all of you that uh, uh, get, get plugged in. I got, a lot of, I got a lot of good stuff. I want to share a scripture with you, if I could, before we got a lot of it. I'm going to let you get in here. Go to, uh, where did I put it? Uh, the Easy Christian Life. <clears throat> I was actually reading something that Angie, Angie posted this on Facebook today. I always do a, a real quick sweep of Facebook in the morning just to see what, what's going on in people's lives. And, <clears throat> and Angie posted, a, she posted the end of, of, of uh, where the heck am I here? Second Corinthians six. She posted the end of it, but you guys know if you've been watching this for a while, I say uh, you can't just read the end. You got to read the middle and you got to read the beginning because there's an entire message there. Right. So I'm going to, I want to share Silver, Maybe you can do that for us, brother. Go ahead and read second uh, Corinthians six. Folks, because listen, I'm good. This is what this is what this scripture said to me as I got done reading it. The note that I put on on here, the Christian life is. If you're looking for the easy Christian life, friends, the real Christian life ain't easy. It's not easy. They've, they've lied to us. Best life now and purpose driven life. I, I, hey, listen, the real Christian life is a life of war and conflict. And until we realize that. Churches are going to continue to disappoint us. Hey, bad things happen. Bad things happen, man. It's part of it. And I, as I had the opportunity to share with the group on Saturday, it's not always the devil, folks. Some of it's just your carnal nature. Some of you just need to stop doing some stuff. You just need to cut it off and stop doing it. As I said, every decision you make begins with a thought. Am I going to look at that porn? It begins with a thought. Am I going to eat that hamburger? Am I going to go eat that ice cream sandwich? Am I going to go to everything you do begins as a thought. That's why Jesus said, take captive every thought. Although it wasn't Jesus' Paul, I think. Take captive every thought. Take captive every thought. Because if you don't get in control of your thought, people talk about their prayer life. How about your thought life? Are you in control of your thought life? Because if you don't take captive every thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bring it in captivity through the obedience of Christ, your walk's going to be hard, boys and girls. It's going to be hard. That's the promise. Because your adversary, like a roaring lion, roams about seeking whom he may desire. By the way, he's not a roaring lion. He acts like a roaring lion. He gives the impression that he's a roaring lion. But he's walking about, seeing whom he can devour. And how does he devour you? He devours you through thoughts. 
The devil can't make you do anything, as Flip, Flip Wilson said. The devil made me do it. No, no, he didn't. No, you did that of your own free will. You, you chose to click on that image. The devil didn't make you do that. You chose to eat that extra ice cream. The devil didn't make you do that. You chose to go out and drink that beer that got you a DWI. The devil didn't make you do that. You did that, right? So that's why, again, take captive every thought. Okay, so 2 Corinthians 6. This is this is your uh, this is about your worst life now, your worst life now. Go ahead and read it, Joe. Okay, Coach. I'm just. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Because looking at my mic on the screen is going like nothing there. I just no, you're there, but you're, you're strong. Good, good and strong. Right. We then, as workers together with him. Whoa, 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 whoa! Say that again, Joe. We then. As workers together with Wait a minute. As what? Workers. workers together? Workers together with him. Okay, I get it now. Okay. Beseech you also that you receive not the grace of God in vain. Wow, Joe, I could I could go for an hour, right? Somebody tie me up here. Somebody tie me up. Uh, uh. Oh, my goodness, that you don't receive the grace of God in vain. Go ahead, Joe. I'll shut up. No, I won't. I know. For he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted, and in the day of salvation have I succored thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Right now today, right now on the 29th day of August. Now, right now, go. Giving no offense in anything that the ministry be not blamed, but in all things approving ourselves as the ministers of God. Hang on, Joe. Joe, here comes the blessings of being ministers of God. Are you ready? Huh? It's not financial success. It's not promotions at work. It's not happy family. It's not any of that, Joe. Go ahead. <clears throat> in much patience, in afflictions, in necessities, in distresses, in stripes, in imprisonments, in tumults, in labors, in watchings, in fastings. Woo! Ain't much good stuff there, dude. <laughs> ain't your best life there. Sorry. Keep going. By pureness, by knowledge, by long suffering, by kindness, by the Holy Ghost, mm. by loved, unfeigned, mm. by the word of truth, by the power of God, by the armor of righteousness on the right hand and on the left. Amen. By honor and dishonor, by evil report and good report, as deceivers and yet true. Wow. As unknown and yet well known, as dying and behold, we live. We do. Chastened and not killed. Wow. As sorrowful, yet always rejoicing, as poor, yet making many rich as having nothing and yet possessing all things. That's pre- Folks, that is pretty profound right there. huh? If you could get that, those first 10 verses in your heart, that will revolutionize your Christian walk. Amen. It ain't, Amen. It, it ain't all roses, baby. <laughs> it ain't all roses. Keep going, Joe. <clears throat> oh, ye Corinthians, our mouth is open unto you. Our heart is enlarged. Ye are not straight, straightened in us, but ye are straightened in your own bowels. 
That's right, baby. It's inside you. Don't blame me. Don't come to me because ultimately it comes down to you. It's in your own bowels. Now for a recompense in the same, I speak as unto my children. Be ye also enlarged. Be ye not equally yoked together. Here we go. Joe, Joe, here's how, Joe, here's how you get uh, enlarged, okay? Start with verse 13 because this is what Angie shared on Facebook today. Okay. Go start with 13, Joe. Okay. Now for a recompense in the same, I speak as unto my children, be ye also enlarged. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with Biel? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? Hey, right, right. We open our churches and say, everybody welcome. Everybody welcome. And we bring stuff into our churches that pollute the church and pollute us. Go on, Joe. And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. We are, Joe. We're the temple. It ain't that building you run into, friends. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. As God hath said, I will dwell in them. And in them. And I walk will be their in God, them. And they shall be my people. Mm. Wherefore, Boom. come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. There's that contract. There's that contract, right? Come out from among them. Be separate. Don't touch the unclean thing, and then I'm going to receive you. But if you don't do that, I ain't receiving you. I think's the way contracts work, isn't it? I think so. Mm. And will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Wow, do you see that conditional, as David uh, David Paxton would tell us, do you see that contract there? Do you see the contract? Now, folks, we're in the mess we're in because we ain't following that contract. We're, what fellowship have darkness and light? Doesn't it say that? Scroll back up there, Spence. It was 15, 14 or 15, I think it was. There it is. Huh? Be not unequally yoked. You're signing a contract. What's it mean, unequally yoked? How can you work with someone? How can two walk together lest they agree? How are we so wound up and trapped up and caught in the world, in the world system? Be not unequally yoked with Joe Biden and the Congress. I'm telling you, that's the way I read it. For what fellowship hath light with unrighteousness? Righteousness with unrighteousness. What communion light and darkness? How can that how can that wicked Luciferian government how can you possibly obey that and obey me? You can't what can do both. Say, Coach Boy, are you against the government? No, I'm not against the government. I'm against Luciferian government. I have nothing to do with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Okay, okay. Oh boy. I got to show you this because I told you about this at uh, uh, point number one. And then a lot of them will let you jump in here. I think this is Jermaine. And I got some, uh, I, I got some, I came back with a lot of emails because I didn't get to check them much. It says number one there. Yeah, okay. Uh, um, I want you to watch this, folks, because this to me, this is confirmation. That's August 29th. It says, what is today? Today's the 29th, meaning this was published today. 
And I said on Friday that Donald Trump better come clean. Are you sitting down, folks? You can play this, I think, at about 1.5 speed. I think we can get away with it. Go, go ahead and play that. Remember what I told you? You better get out in front of it. According to Pfizer's very limited human trials, 87% of pregnant mothers lost their babies after receiving the shot. And for those who survived the deadly shot and are able to reproduce, their offspring's DNA is now forever mutated. There is now irrefutable proof that the mRNA vaccines are a deadly toxin. Aside from the relentless debilitating spike protein that's keeping everyone who has been jabbed sick, the vaccines contain metals, metals that have been observed to self-assemble outside of the body, and most disturbingly, metals that assemble inside of the body. Studies show that these metals are found in the blood of 94% of those who have received a COVID vaccine. And these mysterious conglomerates of metal make their final appearance in the dead. All over the world, coroners are now finding that the arteries of the vaccinated have been clogged with mysterious growths, non-organic masses made up of conductive metals such as aluminum, sodium, and tin. This is what's most likely causing all the organ failure and heart attacks. Heart attacks in our children. Two days ago, I, f- I flew out my first 10-year-old with a heart attack, and I had to fight the doctor in the ER because he's like, 10-year-olds don't have heart attacks. And I argued back and forth for 30 minutes to force his hand to get an EKG to find out that he was had almost a complete STEMI, which is ST-elevated myocardial inf- infarction, for which you could see it lit up on the 12-lead EKG. And he's like, well, that's not possible. And I'm like, well, he was just vaccinated yesterday. It is very much possible. At any given time, people are getting a hold of me and the nurse advocates, American frontline nurses, to help advocate because, as you've seen, there's victim shaming that, it oh, it's anxiety, oh, it's this. But in actuality, if they put down that it was a vaccine injury, the physician, the corporation, the hospital, the clinic, they actually won't get reimbursed, so it gets labeled as anxiety. According to the whistleblowers, the doctors are lying about the vaccine deaths to make a few thousand bucks. Is that why Trump has been pushing the deadly shots, killing our own children for a measly million dollars? Now that the truth about the deadly COVID vaccines is finally starting to break free, the mainstream media is shifting their narrative and blaming it all on President Trump. And they've already laid the groundwork back in 2016 when the herd was told to believe that Trump is literally Hitler. We should look at Adolf Hitler in 1929. He was a kind of a funny kind of character that said the things that people were thinking. Where Donald Trump takes it, I have absolutely no idea. But Donald Trump is a dangerous man with the things that he has been saying. You might argue that Trump is innocent, but he doesn't. He brags of all the lives he has saved. And the herd will believe what they are told to believe. It shows you how unpainful that vaccine shot is. So everybody go get your shot. It works incredibly well. 95%, maybe even more than that. It works incredibly well. It's a great vaccine. It's a safe vaccine. And it's uh, something that works. I recommend you take it. But I also believe in your freedoms 100%. When you have the vaccine, people that do, and it's a very small number relatively, but people that do get it get better much quicker. That's a very important thing to know. Uh, they don't get nearly as sick and they get it. They get better. Lindsey Graham's an example. He said, if I didn't have this vaccine, yes. I would have died. And you know what? I believe totally in your freedoms. I do. You got to do what you have to do. But... I recommend take the vaccines. I did it. It's good. Take the vaccines. But you got, no, that's okay. That's all right. You got your freedoms. But I happen to take the vaccine. The vaccines do work and they are effective. I am, uh, I think I saved many, I don't think, I know, I saved millions and millions of lives throughout the world. We could have had another Spanish flu. We could have had, you know, in 1917, close to 100 million people died, they say. But it was really bad. And now other countries are using our vaccines and, uh, you know, tremendous, they're tremendously successful. You're playing right into their hands when you sort of like, oh, the vaccine. If you don't want to take it, you shouldn't be forced to take it. No mandates. But take credit because we saved tens of millions of lives. Take credit. Don't let them take that away from you. Okay, so the president made news. Do you agree with that? Both the president and I are vaxxed, and uh, did you get the booster? Yes. I got it too. Okay, so. Reporting for InfoWars, this is Greg Reese. Okay, there you go, folks. There you go, folks. Boom. <clears throat> come on in, Ray. Yeah, that's an eye opener. We knew that was going to come up, but 
Uh, going back to what you read, Corinthians. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> talking about enlarging your borders. I'm looking in the queue right now, 135 people. Uh, I probably met maybe about 50 that I could. I just scanned it and, and looked at. And I did that by enlarging my borders over the last four years by going to these events that you put together, Coach. Um, I can go anywhere almost in this country and, and meet up with, 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 with one of my friends here that I've met through this whole avenue. Um, I can go here in my, my little town of Marshfield, and I've gone to most churches around here. I don't have any friends in these churches that I can associate with to the degree that we've established by going to these events. That's how important they are to, to for like-minded people to get together. I go to Maryland, I meet up with Myra, I, Steve Deck, I mean, on and on. Uh, uh, a couple of years ago, I was driving through Mississippi. Boom, I'm out in the middle of nowhere, and I run into Johnny Burkine. Um, <laughs> and, you know, wherever we go, because we took that effort to enlarge our borders. And yeah. We met, we met friends that we, we can now, who knows why God did this or is doing this. It could be for a specific reason in your life because you went and made that extra step. That, that That's going to be an advantage you're going to have over the rest of the world. Amen. Amen, Ray. Amen. Enlarge your boy. Go recruit. Go recruit is <clears throat> what we have to do. Jeff and Mel. <clears throat> Coach, we're going to enlarge our group here in Central High this weekend. Friday nights at Iron Sharpens Iron that I told the guys about at your place. So the 24 guys that were there, I've gotten with Gary and a couple other guys, Parr, a few other, Roger, I've told them and reminded them. So we've sent the text out to them. But Friday night, we're going to be doing the Iron Sharpens Iron with Pastor Bill. That's in Frazeesburg, Ohio, in between Newark and Coshocton. Pastor Bill, he's working on this, buddy. This is going to be intense. It's, he said it's not about food. It's not about speakers. Bring a sleeping bag, the tent, the Bible, and we're going to be up on the hill up there where Harry has them all cabins, which we can't use the cabins. They're no good anymore. But Pastor Bill's got a big kettle that's going over the fire, a big cast iron kettle. This stump stew thing, we're going to bring stuff and throw in this thing out like the old prophets did when the stew was poisoned in the kettle, and they prayed over it, and then they ate it. And then in the morning, we're just going to have some eggs and stuff cooked over the fire. But it's just going to be from Friday night about 6 until Saturday about noon. But it's going to be a good fellowship. we got a bunch of guys coming. So, All right, Jeff, put that – make sure it gets, gets put on the calendar. Cool. Thank you. Mel. Yeah, um, I have a challenge and an invitation for everyone. So um, yesterday, I restarted a local group um, that was active 10 years ago. And um, – you know, 10 years ago, it was during the Tea Party time, and it was a combination of politics and prepping. But um, fast forward to 2022, um, you know, I really feel like what you said about, you know, connecting with people locally. And like Ray just said, we've connected with each other nationally. So I, I think we really do have to reach out to people locally. And, you know, I, I'm quoting, you know, Galatians 5.1 and, you know, to, to be that liberty is found in Jesus Christ. And so some of the topics that, you know, if you put it out there, what, what it's going to be about, it's not going to be about politics with my group. It's going to be about reclaiming the kingdom, you know, protecting our children, schools, church, you know, homesteading, home defense and self-defense, real money and assets, creating mutual assistance groups, government, 
you know, we just really need to get to know our neighbors. So um, anyway, if anybody else is interested in setting up a local group, I'm happy to share my information. But imagine if the 137 of us that are in the queue, if we formed a local group, and then we joined together under the umbrella of the Liberty Action Network, you know, we could be working locally and together nationally and doing action together. Listen, folks, it doesn't even have to be local. It doesn't even have local. If we just got the 180 people watching in the queue, if we just got them to make a phone call. <laughs> this is so easy. Don't, oh, don't get me going. This is so easy. <laughs> uh, Jack, come on in. Thank you, Mel. <clears throat> uh, yeah, I was thinking when you first started the show this morning, Coach, you talked about sending good people to D.C. or to our state capitals, and they get corrupted. One of the problems is we assume that a good person will make the right decisions, even though That's they right. haven't been trained up. That's Dr. Right. Paul went to school for years, took many, many tests before you would trust him to diagnose you. Um, Roger took many, many tests, went to school many years before you would hire him to go and represent you in court. But you send a guy to, in our case, Augusta or D.C., that is a good man, a, a really good man, but he has no training in government. He has no, he has never taken a test to pass a law to control what you do. So we need to train people up. One of the things that needs to be part of the huddles and the, the light brigade is to a small part, not, not the fo- general focus, but we have to train people up. We can't just say, oh, he's a good man. He really is a good Christian man. He really does have the spirit. But he has never studied the law, and we can't send them without some training and training them up. I just learned something. I did a course this weekend, and I saw something I hadn't seen before, and I've read the main Constitution multiple times. I saw something. I said, oh, darn, I missed that one. we got to train them up, Coach. Hey, Jack, I agree. I agree with you. But hold your ears. We need men with balls. Boom. Jean, come on in. Yeah, I'd like to go back to um, the the Corinthian um, that was read this morning. Uh-huh. Uh, the the chapter that really goes along with it, you know, we talk. It's Matthew chapter six, and the Lord Himself told us how to pray for each and every one of you, uh, and this should be done every day, which um, I do. I don't know who I'm praying for, but when I say "Our Father," it incorporates everyone who is His. Give us this day our daily bread. It's so important. We are praying for one another if we pray the way he told us to pray. Amen. Amen. I'm not, I don't deny that at all, Janine. I'm just saying there's a special connection. I'm going, I'm going to create a special connection with OJ, and he will, will with me as well. I agree with what you're saying. We're one body. I'm with you. Joe, come on in, Joe. Uh, hi, Coach. I think there's another area we need to train them up in is how people are typically compromised and how innocent Boy Scouts fall into traps. So if somebody's going off to represent us someplace, we need to make sure that they have a support group outside and they also understand what to have their radar on to put their armor on every day. Amen. Amen. Well, we have to be able to identify what the target is, right? 
It's really part of the problem. Yeah, and, and I also know about the air, anti-aircraft fire you're going to be taking because some of them are Boy Scouts still. Amen. Amen. Mike McKee, come on in. Hey, uh, hang on, Mike. Hang on, Mike. Uh, get up uh, the Naomi Wolf thing ready uh, right after number one there. Go ahead, Mike. Uh, I'm Right now I'm writing, uh, reading uh, in Proverbs. And Proverbs 15 and 16 talks a lot about measures and weights and stuff that you were talking about last week. I recommend everybody read Proverbs 15 and 16. And you'll see right, a lot Mike. of reference to those things that you were talking about. All right, Mike, we will. Thank you. Myra. Thank you so much for our show. Um, in regard to what Ray uh, says, enlarging the tent, and Jack, uh, in regard to getting the training, uh, we're getting training, guys. Every time we are getting training five days a week with Coach. And uh, we have gotten training in all the events. But, yes, there's always uh, room for more. So I have um, Isaiah 52, 2 to 4. Enlarge the praise of your tent and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare. Lengthen the cords and straighten your stakes. For you shall expand to the right and to the left, and your descendants will inherit the nations and make the desolate cities inhabited. Do not fear, for you will not be ashamed, neither be disgraced, for you will not be put to shame. For you will forget the shame of your youth and will not remember the reproach of your widowed anymore. Hallelujah. It doesn't mean not to be afraid. Folks, listen, when the Lord says fear not, he doesn't mean don't be afraid. Fear is a natural reaction. He's saying don't be controlled by fear. Don't let fear control you. Of course you're afraid. Of course you are. That's why they call courage. What makes a muskrat guard his musk? Courage. So this idea that you're not going to be afraid is a misinterpretation of what the scripture says. God has not given you a spirit of fear, so there must be a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind to overpower the spirit of fear. you understand? So I want, I want to connect a bigger dot here. Debbie, I'll be right with you. Naomi Wolf, I'm not going to read all this to you, but I, I read this and I said, boom, there it is, Lord. There it is. I will put enmity between the seed of the woman and the seed of the serpent, between her seed and his seed. It's been an eternal fight against the devil, against the children of the king, the seed. Now, look, I read this headline, and it was all the confirmation I could ever want. Naomi Wolf said, COVID vax is a bioweapon aimed a reproduction of the next generation of the West. Now, let me ask you a question. Who, who pop, what's the word? Who populates the West, folks? Who 
populates the West. Does anybody know? Who populates the West? Christians. Christians populate the West. The vax is a bioweapon aimed at reproduction of the next generation of Christians. Don't you see it? The elimination of Christians. Boom. Some of you can see it, some of you can't. It's so obvious to me. that they're, they, The only way they can move forward with their new world order is with the elimination of Christ followers from the face of the planet. That's why the assault's been so strong on the church, closing down the churches, cowardly buying off the churches, giving the cowardly pastors remuneration, uh, 30 pieces of silver to tow the party line. Somebody say amen, because I know I'm telling you the truth. Amen. Amen. And it is focused directly at the church. And if America is going to survive, it will be the church, not Republicans, not Donald Trump. Donald Trump, I hate to tell you this. They've poisoned Donald Trump. Those videos we just saw, they're going to play that over and over and over and over and over and over again of Donald Trump telling you just how safe those vaccines were. And if Donald Trump doesn't have a repentant heart and come clean, the spirit of the Lord in him come clean and speak the truth, God will not honor lies. Come on in, Debbie. Well, a couple of things on the Trump thing. Not to not to give him any pass here, but who was in charge of the vaccine in the Trump administration? Mike Pence. Christian Mike Pence. Christian yeah. Mike Pence. So that number one. So but the other thing I want to go back to where you were talking about the Lonely Hearts Club sort of thing and local groups. You know what? Here's my feeling about this group. If I if I need something and I express it and everything, somebody's going to call me. Somebody's going to contact me. Yep. I'm not going to be alone. But in our local groups, do we actually help the Lonely Hearts be less lonely? Do we call and check on somebody when you know that they're by themselves? Do you call and check on somebody when there's a like a storm come through there. Are they okay? Do they need anything? Do they, you know what I mean? Yes. What we need is for my feeling, what I look for is community. That's what I'm looking for. A community that does make your heart less lonely. And that's what happens in this big group is that all you have to do, just like when Craig was in the hospital is mention something and we're on it. You know, how can we help you? How can we do? So that was just the aside. Uh, Amen. Back, to, back to what you said. Um, but I think that's what we're looking for when we do have smaller groups. And it comes from the love that and care that we have for each other in this larger group. So Amen. That was Amen, Debbie. But see, we need we need open communication, don't we? So when I found out Mike Blake's uh, father had passed, I immediately I sent it out to a lot of people, right? You know, that's so, right. You don't have to bear it. See, a lot of people think that it's, well, nobody cares or something. I'll just I'll just bear it alone. You have to express it to someone. Yes, they can't know. read your mind. That's right. They <laughs> can't read your mind. Could, that would be scary. So, But you're right. We ought to do a better job of checking up on one another. I agree with you on that. Dale, come on in, then Jonathan. 
you know, coach, uh, you know, I fully believe in just being connected within the local body of Christ and, and, you know, the, the, the importance of that, because where you're at and where I'm at, you know, we're, we're in foxholes together, but Lord, if, if something comes up, I mean, it's local, I need some local people to be connected to. That's brother, right. What the Lord spoke to my heart yesterday at church, brother, these are the exact same things I was saying. This was my message on Sunday. And I told him, I said, I'm telling you in my spirit, I'm not a thus saith the Lord. But I said, this place is about to fill up and win the last days of training. And I say that because, and our church is very active, you know that. I said, because I said the easiest, quickest way to destroy Western cult, uh, civilization, because we're based on an economy driven thing. I said are lawsuits. Look at the lawsuits that are happening right now that are being won every time they're brought to court on this jab. Brother, wait till these moms get a hold of this thing about their babies dying. When you, you can't destroy a company quicker than with a hefty, hefty lawsuit. Watch and see when these things begin to crumble. And the last corporation, one of the corporations going down, is the American government, brother. This is part of the world plan. This thing is coming down. And I, we're we're getting ready to do a canning at our church for all the youth. We were all over my house last night doing a lemonade sale. Brother, I'm telling you that the true church is about to be overflowing. And I'm not just talking about the vessels of people. There are some good pockets of good churches out there, brother. And I'm excited. Now, last thing I tell you this. You know what? God is so good. Yesterday, I gave away a car. We gave away a bunch of money in church to people who to help pay their electric bills. And guess what? I got them in the mail this morning. Checks in the mail. It's your brother. It's it's just a blessing. If you want to be blessed, you got to bless others. Yeah, be part of it. Amen, Dale. Amen, Jonathan. Yeah. So uh, this morning, uh, Lord gave me a word, and it was life giving spirit. I went to the text where it is found, and uh, it's in First Corinthians chapter fifteen. I, I go back to what I, you know, you go to Second Corinthians chapter 6. It's all about letting Christ reign in our mortal body. It's all about mm -hmm. our internal war, our war. We've got to win our war. We've got family problems. We've got physical problems. We've got all these things. But at the end of the day, we have to be victorious in ourselves. And if we are, we will then be a life-giving spirit. We will be able to pour out and build those community things like I was able to do uh, over this weekend and and speak into leaders like I'm my thing is I'm trying to target who I think is a leader in my town or who, somebody I'm trying to you know know that he has many other connections behind him I'm targeting leaders so everything is coming out of what is God saying to me what yeah. is calling from the Holy Spirit to me and it starts with him reigning in our mortal body over all the worry, the anxiety, like Dale was talking about, like finding a place to be useful, finding, you know, things that we can do. Like right now it's agriculture. It's like, let's raise up local food and local meat and let's start training young men how to do trade. I just keep speaking these things out. And I got to speak with an ag person and, and they were like, yeah, there's a guy over here who wants to do this and that and there. But I, I've been telling my wife, I said, honey, do you realize everything starts with a conversation? It all starts with a conversation. Everything that happens in this earth, everything that was created came out of God's mouth. So if we could just start conversations in our communities, I would say in the community, I like that idea of the in the community because that's where we are. 
but it's a conversation about doing something that can bring life to our town or life to Amen. our area. Amen. Amen. I'm with you. I'm, <laughs> I'm with you. The answer to our problems is the body of Christ only, friends, not politicians. Joe, come on in. Hey, Spencer, while, he's, while Joe's coming in, pull up number nine for me, please. Um, uh, Coach, you mentioned uh, fear not. And I think fear not means for us not to let fear stop you from doing what you know you should do. And uh, for me, when I uh, gave away everything and came out here, it meant I was more afraid of being in disobedience to the Lord. That's where my fear, big fear lay was. Mm. And so that's, especially in these times. And why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things that I say? Pretty simple, isn't it? Pretty simple. Yes, I want to throw this up. I want to throw this up here on the screen. We're running. We're running low here on time. Congress admits UFOs are not man-made. Says threats increasingly exponentially. When was this printed? Why August twenty-second, twenty-third? I can't. Kind of small print on that. This was like last week. Last week, August 23rd. The new budget, right? After years of revelation about strange lights in the sky, firsthand reports from Navy pilots about UFOs and government investigation, Congress seems to admit something startling in print. It doesn't believe all UFOs are man-made. Folks, interdimensional. Now, you have to understand this, that they need UFOs from another planet to squash evolution. Do you understand that? Uh, Not to to squash creationism. you understand? Come on now. Come on now. Now, these UFOs are not extraterrestrial. They are interdimensional. Amen. Huh? They're interdimensional. They're coming through portals that have been opened, right? And it's going to be one of the greatest deceptions of all time when these things come through the portal and they're going to say, hey, this whole thing about Jesus and all that stuff, it didn't work. We're here to save you. We're from planet Yukon and we come in peace. Oh, my goodness. Being revealed right before us. Come on in, Mel. You know, another option on that, too, is that Project Blue Beam that, you know, by putting out information like this, that, you know, then they project things into the sky to create some kind of a chaos, a false flag event. It's all connected. It's all connected. Randy. Yeah, Coach, they're trying to set the narrative because they're going to want to control the course. Of course, we know this. But, Coach, I want to tell you what God's going to do. He's going to let them see some real angels and some real demons, you know. (laughs) That's what's yeah. going to come, and that's what's going to kill the narrative too. And you just Amen. wait and see. Every time in history, God, there's been a paradigm shift. There has been a lot of demonic and angel, but angelic activity too, Coach. So don't fear. Don't don't let that scare you. But see, but see what's coming. Amen. 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 Clay, come on, Clay. We got some awesome technology as humans. Imagine what the technology of the fallen angels is, Coach. 
That's what we're looking at. Yeah, well, what I want to know is what all the Baptists do when they show up, because they didn't even believe in them, right? They, they didn't even believe that they were out there. Oh, yeah, the time, time of her feelings upon us for sure. Craig? Well, you just have to look to what's going up today. Artemis, look up at the name of Artemis. It's attached to Zeus and a whole family of pagan Greek mythology, and is getting ready to take off today. That, be right is not, that, that is not coincidental. It's, it is not it's going to be up for 40 days, hovering around the moon, and then you know what we're talking about it happening over the next 40 days. Amen. Amen. Number four, pull up number four. I want to end with this. A little bit more information for you. A little bit more inter- information. And play this at 1.5 speed if you can, Spence. This is called the Internet of Bodies. This is where we're heading, folks. Transhumanism, all that crap they're trying to play on us. 1.5 speed, the Internet of Bodies. Go ahead. What is it? In the 20th century, wireless technology integrated with the human body was nothing more than science fiction. But today, Wi-Fi connected devices like heart rate monitors and sleep trackers have become common parts of American life. How has bionic technology evolved so quickly from science fiction to reality? And what could this Internet of Bodies mean for our lives moving forward? Rand researchers are studying this phenomenon and what consumers and policymakers need to know as we veer into uncharted territory. The Internet of Bodies, or IOB, is um, is actually an ecosystem. It's a bunch of devices that are connected to the Internet that contain software and that either collect personal health data about you or can alter the body's function. We think of the Internet of Bodies as this collection of all these devices as well as all the data that the devices are gathering about you. And in healthcare, it's Internet of Bodies has, has been around for quite a while. With the advent of the internet, it makes a lot of sense to connect your pacemaker to the internet so that your doctor can be automatically notified if if something weird happens, if there's an anomaly. It's natural in a lot of ways to want to understand more about your body, how it functions, how well it's doing. IOB devices could revolutionize healthcare. Unprecedented amounts of personal health data could inform treatment plans that are completely tailored to a patient's needs. There are pills now that have an electronic sensor that let a healthcare provider know whether you have taken the medication. Other things like precision medicine. So precision medicine is the idea of of creating pharmaceuticals or treatment like specifically for your body, for your personalized treatment. And I think IOB could really help with that because nowadays a lot of healthcare is, is based more on, you know, average reactions. Whereas with data from IOB devices, you might be able to, to really more precisely treat a certain disease. But the Internet of Bodies won't be a cure-all. In fact, the largely unregulated market poses risks to the uniquely sensitive data these devices collect. First of all, there's there's the cyber risk of, of, uh, you know, of an actor potentially um, hacking into the system, whatever it might be. There's the privacy risk of all this data that's being collected, and the regulations about that data are, are really murky at the moment. And so there's not a lot of clarity into who owns the data, what happens to it, who it gets sold to, how it's being used. And there's even potentially national security and global security risks. A few examples of these risks have already played out in real life. For instance, in 2018, highly sensitive information about U.S. military activity and base locations was inadvertently revealed by soldiers' fitness trackers. So this is a pivotal moment. What can we do to make sure we reap the potential benefits of the Internet of Bodies without risking our privacy, security, and personal autonomy? Consumers should be wary of IOB devices because... As it's becoming more and more popular, all of this intimate data is being collected, arguably more intimate data than we've ever really recorded before. There's no clarity on what is being done with that data. You know, with, a, with an old mechanical pacemaker, there's no data that, that was being collected and stored. And, you, you know, you could look at a history of someone's um, heart rhythms. Because policy tends to lag behind innovative technologies like this, it's probably up to the consumers and to the, the healthcare patients to really be aware of the devices that they're using and what is happening to their data and to, to know 
what the regulations are in their particular state because it does vary so much state by state. Even if you think you're not interesting or that nothing will happen with your data, there are a lot of unknowns that I think we need to be careful about. Take this jab, will you? Take this jab. Oh my goodness, what a time to be alive. Bless you. See you tomorrow.